Welcome back to Between Two White Coats, a podcast designed to help you be the healthiest version of yourself. I'm Dr. Michelle Plaster, a family medicine doctor. And I'm her co-host, Amber Foster, a family nurse practitioner. In our combined 30 years in medicine, we've seen a lot. We're discussing key issues surrounding health and wellness, answering some of our biggest questions, overcoming health obstacles, and giving patient-centered advice in hopes of educating you and providing the tools you need to live a healthy life. If you find our podcast helpful, please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review. This will help other people find our podcast. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to serving you. Welcome back and thank you for joining us for an episode today that I think is going to be really interesting. Is menopause a thing? And I'm sure everyone's excited to talk to us about menopause since it's two females. (laughs) Exactly. So we're liking to focus on men's health. And, and, you know, this is what I would like to say about that comment without getting on (laughs) too high of a soapbox. Women have been seeing men for medical conditions yes. since the beginning of medicine. And yeah. so for men to be uncomfortable talking to women about things um, I, is seems like a little bit of a double standard. Yes. But I will say in general... Um, many men have told me over the years that they're perfectly comfortable talking to a female physician because they typically talk to the women in their life yeah. about these kind of things that are a little more personal. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yes, yes, we we have not lived it, but yes. we have studied it and we have a lot of experience. And so we want to talk about men in midlife and, um, and what's happening and what kind of changes and um, and is menopause a thing? So, you know, you may or may not have heard this phrase. It's kind of been thrown around. And of course, we all know menopause is when women uh, around the average age of 50, of course, plus or minus however many years, um, women have a real uh, drop in their estrogen and progesterone. Um, menopause is not a diagnosis that is is needed based on labs. It's a, it's a clinical diagnosis. When a woman hasn't had her menstrual cycle in a year, then she has gone through menopause. Um, many times women will know when they're going through menopause because they get hot flashes, they get irritable mood or mood disruption, sleep disruption, um, what else in menopause? Brain fog, brain. vaginal dryness, yes. decreased sex drive. I treat it a lot. We're going to do a whole episode on menopause because it is a thing. And and really, really I, um, sad that there's not enough attention put to either of these topics, yeah. really, of, of what happens to us well, as think, we're aging and our hormones change. Um, people are like, well, just suck it up. Yeah. You know, like for men, men and women both, like, well, isn't that what natural aging is? And right. like, no, it's not. It, There's yes. help. If you're losing satisfaction in your life or you're struggling in any way, why would we just say, oh, okay, I I enjoy the struggle? Yeah. No, you know, if you're yeah. struggling in any way, let's talk it out and figure out what resources are available because almost always resources yes. are available. And so with women, menopause is typically an abrupt decline in estrogen and progesterone levels. And so it's for some women, it's more gradual. And, and you'll, you know, I am uh, 51 and experience all this fun myself. Um, and I'll talk to girlfriends who are like, it's terrible. And I'll talk to girlfriends who are like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's just fine. And so some people have more of this gradual decline where they don't feel like they jumped off a cliff with their hormones. Other women they fall off a cliff mm-hmm. and the hormones abruptly drop and it is devastating. just devastating how many symptoms they can have yeah. and very life altering. Now with men, 
what we've been calling menopause, do you have an abrupt change of testosterone around age 50? No, you do have a change in testosterone, but it's not the drop off the cliff. Yeah. Around age 30 for some people, 40 for most men, testosterone levels will start dropping. And it's a little bit of a decline every year. And so it's more of a gradual decline. But if you look at testosterone levels uh, for men in their 50s, you're going to notice it's a lot less than men in their 20s. Um, some men can't tell a difference. It's not, it's not a big deal. It doesn't change much for them. Other men have a profound difference mm-hmm. and profound symptoms. So what would those, uh, what that presentation of uh, low testosterone look like? Um, I think it can be very vague for some people. And so because of that, they don't even realize that that is um, a thing. You know, yeah. I think there's a lot of, um, like about women's health, which I'm very thankful for, but there's not as much, you know, um, I think sometimes because it becomes embarrassing that yeah. men are not like, what is wrong with my sex drive? Like, why do I have a decreased libido? Yeah. Why am I tired all the time? And I don't um, know if it's a Mars Venus thing that yeah. women sit around and talk about these kind of things. It's and like, men do, do not, not go to dinner you know? talking about their decreased sex drive. Men are like, hey, did you see the quarterback <laughs> and how well he played in the Super Bowl? Yeah. And, and women are like, oh my gosh, are you having menopause symptoms? Because <laughs> it's killing me, girl. Um, and so, yeah, it's, you know, it's not as much a topic shameful. of conversation. I feel like. And I think hey, it it feels really hard for men to yeah. talk about. Yeah, um, but fatigue, like muscle weakness, like they're for those guys who are working out, they don't feel like they're they're able to do the things that they were used to do or not lifting as much sometimes. Um, depression, like they are irritable or sad, and yeah. it's like the midlife crisis. Go get the. 20-year-old girlfriend in the convertible kind of like... Right. Like what is a rescue to feeling yeah, better? better. And when we talk through things or we address it with our medical provider or other important people in our life, we can start to realize we're not alone, that yeah. this is happening to a lot of other men in their 40s, 50s, 60s. I mean, it's a very common conversation I have with my Very, patients. very common. Um, and so this, this kind of gradual decrease in testosterone... If you are having those symptoms, um, erectile dysfunction, decreased sex drive, decreased muscle mass, um, uh, irritability, irritability, yes, mood changes. Um, if you used to be able to have a bad driver drive near you and now you feel like you're going to run that person off the road, um, that's yeah. not you. That's not normal. That's something that you shouldn't have to feel that way. You shouldn't be that easily agitated. The, the world can be aggravating. We need to be able to have a little bit of patience with it. And so if you feel like you've lost all your patience, it's something to discuss. Um, and then typically when that happens, we'll test a testosterone level. And mm-hmm. it's a simple enough blood test to do. And we can look and see. Now, testosterone is a big range of what's considered normal and we don't normally um, know your baseline and so some people may have been you know 200 to 1100 on the lab that we use is kind of the normal range um, and which is huge range huge it's range. range huge range so if you've been trucking through your life at 900 and that's your baseline and you're at 300 that is not normal for you mm-hmm. and you are going to feel it or potentially feel it if you've been tr- trucking through your life at 400 and you're at 300 may not it may not be testosterone and so this is really a a clinical picture you know I'm I'm not going to draw testosterone levels on people who aren't having symptoms because you could be 300 and and you're having zero symptoms and I'm going to say that's normal um that's fine uh and you could have all the symptoms and say you know I have noticed profound changes in all these areas that we've just mentioned and you're at 400 
And that could be an immense drop for you. And yeah. so, you know, this is like everything we say over and over. It's about treating the person who's sitting in front of us yeah. um, and their presentation. So this is also where I get a little bit concerned with a lot of stuff that's out there now where people are just ordering labs. There's a lot of um, the supplement industry and the, and the lab industry are just send off the functional um, medicine. And, you know, I'm not I, I love functional medicine. I'm not bashing on it at all. But there's a lot of different people who are recommending health coaches and such get these labs and then and then based on the lab, take these supplements and no one's ever talked to you about whether you have symptoms or other things. And yeah. don't do that. You know, that is one size fits all medicine and it doesn't work and it's not right. Yeah. So don't just send off for a testosterone level and then think you can make a lot of decisions by yourself and start taking weird supplements that may do you harm. Yeah. Um, but you know, speak with a provider and get a testosterone level. And if the testosterone is low, then you can get a lot of improvement by treating the testosterone. Um, what are, and of course, before we're going to recommend anything in your system, whether it's over the counter supplements, vitamins, or prescriptions, um, we're going to take into account the risks and the benefits of doing that. Yeah. And so, of course, the benefits of treating tes- low testosterone are that your mood gets better, your sex drive can improve, your erectile, inf- dif- your erectile dysfunction can improve. Um, all those other things that may have come with low testosterone, we would see get better. Um, and if it's not getting better, then even if you had a lower testosterone level, I may not leave you on testosterone mm-hmm. because there may be something else. Maybe it's depression that's causing all of these things. And so when I try to treat you with low test for low testosterone and you don't get better, that's probably not the problem. Yeah. And now you have a normal testosterone level, but none of your symptoms are better. It's probably not. We, we might've just found a lab that was off, but we're not treating the right thing. Yeah. Um, and so there are benefits, but what are the risks of, uh, can everyone take testosterone? Why aren't we just putting it in the water for men who are over 50? Uh, no, there's a lot of risk associated with testosterone. And, um, you mentioned, um, things like over the counter or, you know, things that you can get, but, um, anabolic steroids to the, you know, the illegal kind. So a lot of times if you've used those in the past, um, I've had patients that have been very honest with me and said, Hey, I did whatever type of steroid as a teenager and then you will also see a sharp decline in the testosterone as you age because of that and so being honest I know sometimes that can be scary for people but I'll ask guys sometimes I'm the one that's even bringing it up because their symptoms are mimicking what I think is low testosterone and um, but I'll ask them did you ever do any other supplementation that was not provided by a physician often the answer is yes gosh that's such a good point that I hadn't even thought of here's what happens when you have a normal testosterone level you're a young healthy person and you start giving yourself testosterone um, which are the anabolic steroids, the performance enhancing, you know, for sport. Um, your body says, hey, that I have plenty of testosterone. I don't have to make it anymore. Mm-hmm. And you stop making testosterone and you shut your testicles down and you get hypogonadism from taking the supplement. And so if you think as a young person with, with normal testosterone levels that you're not going to do long-term damage, and what you're doing, so different scenario, if you're a 20, 30-year-old with a normal testosterone level and you take a dose of uh, testosterone that we might give a 50-year-old and it throws you into too much testosterone, that's entirely different than when we have someone who has a testosterone of 200, we supplement them with testosterone and it gets up to 500, 
Um, that's going to have a different effect on your body. That's bringing you back to what your body thinks is normal. Now we have a kid with a testosterone level and, you know, at this point, 30 is a kid for me. Um, you have a kid with a normal testosterone level and they take the same amount of supplement, the same exact prescription, and they go from 900 to 1500 out of the range too high. Their body says too much testosterone. So first stop making it and their testicles don't work anymore. They throw themselves into issues with fertility you can have an increased risk of cancer. You make your blood too thick when your testosterone is too high. And so by making your blood too thick, instead of pumping liquid, you're pumping sludge. And so it's called polycythemia when you end up with too many red blood cells. And uh, it makes your heart work a lot harder and you can have a lot of heart disease from this. Very dangerous. And so same, and it's the same exact thing. So when a person... 50-year-old man, low testosterone levels, and we're going to give him testosterone, this is a controlled substance because it's the same thing as the anabolic steroids that have been drugs of abuse uh, in the past for people who have normal steroid levels, normal testosterone levels. And so, yeah, really important to recognize same exact medicine going to have totally different effects and adverse effects when you're making someone have too high testosterone as opposed to bringing someone back into the normal level that their body's used to. Yes. Um, but even in bringing someone back to the normal level, less risk because we're, we're not giving you too much. Um, however, the risks of testosterone are increased risk of heart disease, um, increased thickening the blood. So uh, we're going to do CBCs on people and monitor and make sure that we don't make them have polycythemia or too thick of blood. Um, that, that, like, that also increases your risk for stroke. Um, yeah. You know, we say cardiovascular disease, so most people think their heart, but because of that too, like it increases your risk for stroke and heart attack. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I'll even do, if a patient has high blood pressure, like I don't know, depending upon the patient sitting in front of me, like I'll do an EKG. Like there's lots of other things. Like I'm just not throwing testosterone at people that, oh, your levels are low. Like it is very much a sit down. Let's look at what your history is. What are your risk factors? Even family history. If you have a family history of cardiac disease, I may would still get an EKG on them yes. just for baseline. Yeah. Um, and I want to get your testosterone level to the minimum amount that makes you feel better. Yeah. And so uh, we do not let people be on testosterone that we are prescribing without monitoring it closely. And we're going to look at blood work every three months. Yeah, say every 90 we, days. We might let you stretch to almost six months if things have been super stable. But I would say that even people who have been on testosterone for years, I'm keeping it a watch on labs every three months. Mm-hmm. Um, we're And uh, one thing we didn't mention is is increased testosterone levels can cause an enlarged prostate um, and can make your PSA level jump, um, and we don't want that to happen. And so we're going to get, before we ever start you on testosterone, baseline testosterone level, of course, because that's how we're going to know whether you uh, need it Free and total. Free and total testosterone levels. Um, And we're going to get a PSA level to look at your prostate and see what your baseline PSA is. And we're going to get a CBC to make sure that your blood's not too thick to start and see what your baseline hemoglobin is so we can know if we're pushing that to be thicker. Most people, I will see a little jump in their hemoglobin, but as long as it's within a normal range, it's okay. If it starts pushing above, then we need to pull the testosterone um, dosing back. And many times it's not that we're going to stop it. We're going to reduce it or space it further um, to where you're using it less often. Um, and try to make sure that we're doing all of this within a safe range. 
Um, I think of one patient that I had, a fabulous man who had very little quality of life. And um, he was in his 60s when we first started treating him with testosterone. And I will tell you, I did everything else first. We did sleep. And and his um, biggest issue was severe fatigue, really feeling like he had zero get up and go. And because of that, zero quality of life. We looked at sleep studies. We looked at a massive lab panel. I sent him to all kinds of specialists and we couldn't really find any reason for fatigue at all. And his testosterone level was low. And so finally I said, and he's in his sixties and he had a little bit of heart disease. So he wasn't a person who I really wanted to put on testosterone, but he begged me because he said, I have no quality of life. Um, what, what am I even here for if I can't do anything? Um, so we did a low dose of testosterone. I've seen him every three months for years. And as we um, increased his testosterone level, he had normal quality of life again. He had energy. He felt like he could go and live. And we really pushed him to a low normal testosterone level. We've never you know, done much below getting him to a low normal testosterone level, but it made a huge difference for him. And that was one of those scenarios where, was he a candidate for testosterone? I kind of didn't want to. Um, but I had to meet the person who was in front of me and help him to improve his quality of life. He's been committed to helping me watch it really closely to make sure we first do no harm. And it's made a huge difference in his quality of life. So, yeah, you know, I think in looking at the people in front of us and making sure that we're treating appropriately, he was a great example of that. Um, I also, when you were like the one first shot of testosterone is not the magic shot. Like it's not, Oh, I feel so much better now. Thank you. Right. Um, I have the sex drive of a 20 year old. Yeah. It usually is. It, it takes several months. I feel like, and it's a subjective thing, which I think is hard for men. Like women, we love to talk, you know, we can talk forever about anything, but for guys to talk about how they're feeling, if it's helping their sex drive, if, is it helping their fatigue? Do they feel less irritable? It, um, and these are subjective things. Yes. They're hard to measure. And it makes um, guys vulnerable. Yeah. And sometimes they don't like that. And that's okay. Yeah. I don't always love being vulnerable either. Um, so to sit down and say, okay, let's talk. Like, that's why we see them so frequently too, like, because we're assessing symptoms. But I will say in practice, um, at the, like, my first visit after starting, so within about the first three months, um, they can, most patients will tell me they do, they can notice a difference, but usually it's about six months yeah. before they really are like, okay, now I can really tell, I can really feel. So it is not a quick fix. And we will often ask people to do sort of a symptom journal yeah. and grade their fatigue on one to 10. And so they can realize, yeah, I used to call my fatigue a 10 a lot. And now I'm calling it like a four a lot. So if I say, do you still have fatigue? The answer would be yes, but it's remarkably better. And so, you know, that sometimes helps people to be able to give good feedback to their clinicians to know whether this is working. Are you noticing a difference? Um, So low testosterone, is menopause a thing? I don't know. It's kind of a fun phrase. (laughs) Kind of makes me mad a little because I feel like the men are trying to steal my thunder (laughs) on like, no, I have something. Do you have something? It makes me laugh because it's man and, you know, like M-A-N and then menopause is M-E-N. And so we still get multiples. <laughs> exactly. So so is menopause a thing? I certainly think that as men are moving into midlife, 40s, 50s, 60s, 
there are changes. Yeah. Um, and, and we want to be supportive of that. Like 100%. I want, I want my patients, my male patients in that age range to be able to feel like they can come in and talk to us about that without feeling shame and guilt. If you do not have to think that your best days are behind you. Yeah. If you are feeling like, man, I wish I was like my 20s again. Um, then let's talk about how we can make sure you're living your best life. You know, our goal is not diagnose, throw prescriptions, and it's really help you live your best life. And so if you feel pretty confident in this moment that this is not what best life should feel like, then let's dig in there and figure out how we get yeah. you there. I could not agree more. And and you mentioned something that I definitely want to spend um, a little time on, and that's sort of the midlife crisis. And it's interesting to me, that we've kind of cloned midlife crisis as a man thing. Um, because I think everyone, when you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, um, is in any time we're going through different developmental stages, we have to think about things differently. So the kids are becoming grown and you have to focus on, okay, they don't need us to keep them alive. Um, so what will my purpose be? Um, what my relationships with them are different. The parents are getting older. We have to care for them. There's a lot that happens in midlife that is difficult. Um, but I think that with men, it's not addressed as much. And so it's not the midlife changes and the midlife issues that are unique to men, um, or unique to any of us. Change is difficult and life is difficult. Um, but it is the midlife crisis where I think if you ignore it, if you don't know what to do, you don't you don't talk to anyone about it, then you might get in crisis level. Yeah. And um, and what the solution is not is a twenty year old female with um, in a convertible. That is not the solution. That's just such a Hollywood thing. It's like, such what? a Hollywood thing, you know. So oh, he's he's left his family and he's bought yeah. a convertible. He's had a midlife crisis. Um, it doesn't have to be that far. You yeah. can simply be wondering about your worth. You can be looking at your career and saying, "Man, I thought I'd be further along by now. I wasn't expecting." Um, to feel like this, or gosh, I've worked so hard in this career, but it doesn't give me great satisfaction, but I've still got 15 years before I'm retired. What am I going to do? Like I'm in the middle of this long race and I don't know if I can see the finish line yet. Everyone can feel like that. That's a normal, very frustrating feeling. And there's a lot of help available. There's a lot of ways to navigate this. I think talking to therapists through this, which, you know, men may be less, uh, likely to want to do that than women but why guys let's ask ourselves um why are we making something harder because we won't use the resources available that's not smart um and um you know do the smart thing and and ask yourself if i'm kind of questioning where i am in life or if i'm as happy as i want to be then let's get the resources and and figure that out and yeah and and there's so many great changes that you can make and you know, I don't think I'd want to go back to my 20s because I certainly wasn't very smart then <laughs> um, and, gosh, didn't make all the best decisions. But at times, you know, we look back and think, oh, but that was so much fun. And um, But how can we learn to really embrace the this, present, where we yeah, this stage um, and, and be prepared for the next stage with the changes that it's going to have? And so I would encourage if anyone um, of whatever gender is thinking, is this, is all my happiness behind me? Um, Is this all life is supposed to be? Um, Or feeling overly frustrated or quick to anger or anything like that. Talk to someone about it. You don't, don't be ashamed of that. That is a normal feeling. 
Um, let us normalize it for you. If you don't talk to your buddies about it to normalize it, let us normalize it for you. You're not the only one feeling that yeah. way. Um, but there's a lot of resources and we want to make sure that you're tapped into those. So don't hesitate to talk to someone if you're feeling that way, man or woman. But, you know, I think men tend to close themselves off in those scenarios. The tough guy. Yeah. And, and you don't have to, and you shouldn't. No. That's, that's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, so if menopause is a thing or not, it's probably still up for controversy <laughs> and we'll let someone else decide that. But um, can things change over time? A hundred percent. They can and they will. Um, can those changes be hard? Whether it's physiologic changes or life changes, they can absolutely be hard. And there's a lot of resources to help you with that. So yeah, we would us help you. Yeah, we would ask that you tap into those resources. Um, so man, female, uh, whatever, if you're struggling, reach out, let's get some help. Um, and for men in, in your midlife, we encourage you to recognize that these can be your best days and we're happy to re to have you reach out to your medical provider so we can help you find that. We like to leave you on a good note. So here's today's tell me something good. Something good is old friends. People who we have been able to call friend for a long time. These people we have a history with, they know us in so many different times and space. And when we get together with old friends, it just allows us to be our genuine self. So reach out to one of those old friends today and make sure that you're putting some energy into those old friendships. Thanks for joining us, and until next time, take care of yourself.